This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. We were on a trip to Italy. It was this like kind of first trip we ever took together. You know, it was like one of those moments in time where everything's like eating fresh, amazing. It's food in Italy and we were walking um, in the island of Capri and a golden retriever dog walked by us with a lemon in his mouth. We just thought that was the cutest, funniest thing because we joke that Italians don't throw tennis balls to their dogs, they throw lemons. Janine D'Onofrio and her husband, Jack, started their blog, Love and Lemons, in 2011, and it's been full steam ahead ever since. Their blog has been featured in Food and Wine, Food 52, Refinery 29, Self Magazine, and Oprah Magazine. So you recently released your cookbook, Love and Lemons Every Day. Congratulations. For the people that don't know your story, your journey, take a few minutes and walk us through who Janine D'Onofrio is and the twists and turns that have brought you to what you're doing today. Um, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Janine and I started a food blog back in 2011, I think, called Love and Lemons. Um, I was inspired by seasonal cooking, vegetable cooking. Um, previously, I had been working as a graphic designer and blogging kind of came about because I love everything visual and I loved the sort of pretty vegetable dishes that I was cooking. And I, it was the perfect sort of medium to express that through photography and, you know, create delicious vegetable sort of meals that were beautiful and tasted good at the same time. So that's pretty much how the blog started. And, um, and we still do that. And then along the way uh, came two cookbooks. Yeah. So this is your second cookbook. Your first one was titled Love and Lemons Cookbook. And it focused on simple, like impromptu recipes. Am I right? Uh-huh. And it was based on vegetables. It was uh, organized by vegetable from A to Z. So it was pretty much, if you go to the farmer's market and you brought home carrots, you could flip to the carrot section and find a carrot recipe. So what did you want to do differently in Love and Lemons Every Day? So Love and Lemons Every Day is, an, I mean, it's still an extension of cooking with vegetables, cooking really vibrant food, food that's really bright, bright in flavor, bright in color. Um, but it's, it's organized uh, by meal types. So there's breakfast, everything from breakfast to dinner to dessert mm -hmm. that really still packs a lot of vegetable punch. When I was creating the first book, we were living in um, a, war a warm climate where we went to the farmer's market every week okay. and brought home bushels of vegetables every week. And that's what I was really inspired by. But since then, we've moved to Chicago where markets are seasonal and so um pretty much like here in I, Toronto same thing yeah, I've been yeah. to Chicago it's beautiful <laughs> love yeah. it yeah yeah so it's a similar climate you know which is the climate that many 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 people live in um so these recipes are still packed with vegetables but um you know, there's a, there are recipes for that you should make if to, you know, when it's summer and you have perfect tomatoes, mm -hmm. and then there are recipes to make when it's the middle of winter, and um, you know, there's like a cozy mushroom white bean pot pie that you can you know get with produce. Oh, from I know because I've made store. it. Oh, really? Yeah, I have to tell you because <laughs> it was so good. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. It was incredibly flavorful. Like it's so subtle. But the flavor that it packs when everything is cooked together, like that earthiness of the cremini mushrooms with the creamy, the cannellini beans, it was so satisfying. And it, it was, it everything went well, so well together. 
Like, I'm all so excited even talking about it. I'm so glad to hear yeah. That's one of my favorite recipes. My yeah. husband did not lift his head from the bowl. He just <laughs> kept on eating. And right at the end, when he's done, it was his last scoop. And he looks like, this is really good. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> Adding flavor in vegetarian cooking, it can be tricky. What are some of your seasoning recommendations? Well, always some kind of brightness, you know, many, many times with lemon, obviously, uh, hence the name lemon lemons. But I like food that's really, really bright. So especially if it's like an earthy, planty vegetable, like papa lemon really goes very far. And then to counterbalance that olive oil and, you know, salt and pepper. So often I'll make us like a salad for um, my family and like everyone will ask like, what's in the dressing? What's in the dressing? Mm -hmm. And I won't be making a recipe. I'll just be throwing something together. And I always have the same answer. I'm like olive oil, lemon and salt and pepper. <laughs> they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's it. I'm like olive oil, lemon, salt and pepper. And they're like, you always say that, but, but how does it taste this good? I'm like, because it doesn't need to be that complicated. It's just like the lemon works. It's, it's the olive lemon. Oil, salt, and it gets yeah. that like, but if it's just lemon alone, then it would just be really tangy. And so the olive oil balances it and the salt. But, so that's kind of the basic. And Matt, um, Matt, our other producer, he tried the saucy mushroom and creamy grits bowl. And he was surprised by the vegetarian gravy on it. He said the tomato paste really, it lent a lot of richness to it. Yeah, I think, well, a tomato paste is one of those ingredients, like in that particular recipe, it makes it taste like You've been cooking it for a long time, mm -hmm. even though you really saute the mushrooms for not a long time. Yeah, it, he he loved it. I'm so glad. To yeah, that. we were both. We're like, okay, what are you trying next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think especially with rich foods, adding something that's tangy really kind of um, makes it exciting. Mm -hmm. Versus mm -hmm. just being like, here's it's really it's really rich and it's really earthy. I think, um, and I think there's like balsamic in that recipe too um, to make it tangy. The tomato paste and some herbs. You described your style as plant forward. Tell us more about that. Um, I think that no matter what your dietary preference is, everybody loves a vegetable recipe. So there are lots and lots and lots of vegetables. Most of the recipes um, have a vegan option. So yeah, I felt like, well, it's not exactly plant-based because there is some cheese and there's some eggs, but like the plants are at the forefront. And in the book, okay, this I actually laughed out loud when I read this part. <laughs> You mentioned that veggies aren't bad. You're just cooking them wrong. <laughs> what are some of the ways we're cooking them wrong? So um, my, for example, my husband, he eats everything. So that is awesome because I don't ever have to cook for a picky, or like a picky eater mm -hmm. from day to day. I just make what I want. But, um, but there are a few things that he does. He says he doesn't like. He does, says he doesn't like avocados and he says he doesn't like asparagus. Um, but so I find that a like I take that as a challenge. So I'm like, well, he'll like it if I make it this way. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't like like sort of the big fat fibrous spears of asparagus, like mm -hmm, steamed mm -hmm. necessarily where they're soft. Um, but if you get the thin spears that are kind of more crispy and, a little and sweeter. grill them. Yeah. yeah. And then if you grill them, they get kind of caramelized on the outside mm -hmm. and grill them so that they're not like limp. They still have kind of a, a texture to them. Then he loves it. So there's so many ways to cook any one vegetable that I think that a lot of people say, well, I don't like this vegetable. It's like, but you maybe haven't given it a chance. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I think I said in the book, give peas a chance, but just don't <laughs> overcook them. Right. Because nobody likes mushy peas, but it, they're still vibrant. And that's the um, trick. 
Yeah. It's just don't overcook them. And like you said, if if you're eating vegetables, if you're eating steamed broccoli and you don't enjoy steamed broccoli, switch it up. Try Roast something it. different. Roast it, yeah. yeah. Are you into playing a couple of games with me? Okay. Okay. So we're gonna do a game called this or that. While cooking, do you listen to music or or you prefer silence? Silence. Morning. Pr- you threw me off with that one. I thought you would have said music. <laughs> I, Mor- I, I was like the unpopular one. <laughs> I get distracted. Um, I mean, sometimes sometimes music, but most of the time. Um, it's, I, I get really intense in my head and, and I just need to concentrate on like what I'm doing. Silence it is. Yeah. <laughs> morning person or night owl? I'm a morning person. I get up pretty early and that's when I feel fresh and I get my good ideas. Same here. Baked or fried? Uh, baked. Super salad. Oh, that is a tough one. Oh, because it's salads all summer and soups all winter. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of both? Uh, I, yeah, a little bit of both. I can't pick. Two loves. <laughs> <laughs> this one's important. Toothpaste. Do you squeeze it from the middle or the bottom? The middle. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time to squeeze it from the bottom. <laughs> it's just one. Let me get these teeth brushed and out the door. Yeah. Food network or movies? Um, you know, I don't, I, would, I used to watch the food network. I don't watch it so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch, you know, Giada, Rachel, and Ina. Mm-hmm. I think now I will probably watch Netflix more often, like Chef's Table and those kinds of things. Yes. Isn't there one Matt keeps on telling me I need to watch? It's salt, fat. Oh, the salt, fat. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. That, that's a really good one. You should watch that. How did you get started in the kitchen? Well, I I always baked with my mom when growing up. We were always baking things mm-hmm. and cakes and cookies and everything like that. Um, but around the time when I was after college, I was working and I wanted to eat more vegetables and I signed up for a CSA box for the first time, wanted to get healthier. So mm-hmm. I remember thinking, well, I love kale and I love broccoli and I love all these things. Um, so I'm excited to just have vegetables every week in my, in my CSA box, but I didn't get kale and broccoli. Mm-hmm. I got an alien vegetable that I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and I was like, what the? I was already all gone home. Like, yeah, this would be great. All these vegetables. And I was like, and this was back before the time of like, like Google was like, I was like, I don't even know how to Google this thing. No, but I don't know what it is. I think so we were all still it? afraid to Google at that time because we didn't really understand what it was. Right. And it was kohlrabi, but I didn't. And it was back like there wasn't like a pamphlet that said, here's what your vegetables are. So I I was like, what the, you know, kind of frustrated. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. And I don't, yeah, I don't know how to search for it. And even when I figure out what it was called, there weren't like a plethora of kohlrabi recipes on the internet. And I just had wanted to like saute my kale and be done with the day. But yeah, so anyway, I kind of stuck with that on and off. I like I'd go for it for a while and I pause it. I go for it for a while. but all the time, I all the while, I just got on a cooking kick. I was a little burnt out with my the work that I was doing, like my day job, mm-hmm. the graphic design business that I was um, running. And I remember just looking forward to. I would kind of cut out early. I cut out at four every day to get to the store so I could get home and start chopping. And I just love how meditative it is to chop an onion. And Mm -hmm, how it mm -hmm. feels to kind of put a bunch of colorful vegetables, carrots, peppers, or whatever into like into a pan and then 
the aromas when it starts cooking. Like it was just a very calming process for me and I couldn't get enough. It's like your space. No one else is bugging you. No one's around you. Exactly. <laughs> even if there is, even if there is, I tend to get into my own head where I'm just like, oh, this is my happy place. Yeah. I call it my, I call it chopping. I call it my yoga. <laughs> I don't go to yoga, but like it puts me in a, like a Zen, a Zen place. What's the first recipe you can remember trying? I used to make a lot of vegetable, like vegetable lasagnas. When I started cooking regularly, I mean, not just mm -hmm. sometimes, but I'm like, I'm cooking every day now or nearly every day. It was soups. And it started with soup on Sunday because Sunday was the day that I like had the afternoon, like not a work day where I had the afternoon to kind of do nothing else. Um, and at the time, I remember making a lot of butternut squash soup because I was vegetarian, lactose intolerant. I couldn't eat cream. But every time you go to a restaurant, you, you couldn't get a creamy soup that didn't have cream in it. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I started making that at home on Sundays, every Sunday, because I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I can kind of make, I can, I, I don't have to feel like I can't have something because I can just make it myself and I can make it in a way that fits like what I can, you know, can and want to eat, make it in a healthy way and add different flavors and change it up this time. What would you sub in for the creaminess? Um, at the beginning, coconut milk. Mm -hmm. So I would do like a butternut, like pureed butternut squash soup with coconut and curry, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now I just, I mean, you could, it's so creamy on its own. You just blend it up. It's funny because I've streamlined the soup too. I used to simmer it over the stove and use an immersion blender and, and spend a lot of time in it. But there's a recipe in the book where all the ingredients go on a sheet pan and then they roast mm -hmm. and then they go in the blender. <laughs> it's, it's really, fantastic. really It's really quick. Um, and then I used me like miso paste to kind of add the, an interesting flavor in that one. See, I want to incorporate that a little more into my cooking. Uh, the miso paste. Is it a real salty kind of taste to it? Yeah, it's a really great, it's like, it's salty, but it's got that umami flavor mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's salty, but it's like, got a touch of sweetness. So it's not exactly the same as flavor of sea salt. Right. Got it a little bit of a flavor. What's great about it is you get a big, a big tub of it and put it in your fridge and it lasts like a year. Oh, seriously? So, yeah. So it's not even one of those like, oh, go out and get this for this recipe. And then you never use it again and you throw it away. Um, it lasts forever. It's like, it's a fermented, um, well, it depends on which kind you get. Yeah. It's like a fermented product. And I like to kind of use it a lot of the time just interchangeably to how I would use salt. It's not the same texture, obviously, but like yeah. in a soup, you can, yeah, you can use it to kind of bring out the saltiness. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Janine D'Onofrio, author of the cookbook, Love and Lemons Every Day. Love and Lemons Every Day. It's a stunning book. And you worked with um, Trina Bentley on the design. What's the relationship between an author and their designer? I mentioned I was in graphic design mm -hmm. before I started the food blog. So um, we worked together for, gosh, 10 years maybe in graphic design, maybe a little bit more. And then we both branched off from that and started our own business together. In my proposal for the first book, I designed a lot of the layouts. And it was going to be like, okay, well, I'll design the main layouts and then, and, you know, the publisher's designer would take it from there. And um, then I just had thought, oh, well, it would be so much better if the one person who I think is the best graphic designer on the planet, like if we could work together, 
then I wouldn't feel like I'm passing off my designs to somebody who I don't know, Mm -hmm. which was kind of scary for me because I'm very, very picky about what the cover looks like and what the layout looks like. So we did that together. Um, you know, the publisher is amazing and they're like, okay, great. Like we'll do this. You can work with her for this book. For example, I would have like the giant grid of salad dressings section. Like I had that in my proposal and I kind of laid that out and I laid out like how the food goes, how like, here's what I'm thinking for this section of five easy pastas. And and it's going to be on a two page spread that looks like this. And so I'll have all these sketches and all these things. Um, and then, and then she kind of takes it and beautifies it. And we think the same way. So the idea came up in this book, maybe we'll use an accent color that's not just yellow. And we both immediately thought, well, what about like a, a minty sort of color? Mm-hmm. And we, like, we had the same, we have the same thought. So it's pretty seamless. Where did the name come from? Love and Lemons? Um, well, I decided I was going to start this food blog. Um, I actually, and it was just going to be a hobby and it was going to be with, with my husband, Jack, because we like to travel together and eat together and go to farmer's markets together and, uh, like experience food together. Mm-hmm. You know, the step one is like, you have to find a URL that is available, which is tricky. Yes. So we had a whole bunch of names, nothing that felt like it fit. And then all of a sudden it was actually like at five in the morning, it hit me and I woke up and I bought a domain name. Um, we were on a trip to Italy the trip that he proposed on. It was kind of a, yeah, it was years before, but it was this like kind of first trip we ever took together. And he happened to have proposed on this trip, that trip, and it was a total surprise. And it was, you know, it was like one of those moments in time Mm -hmm. where everything's like, oh, we're eating fresh, amazing food in Italy. And we were walking um, in the island of Capri. And a golden retriever dog walked yeah. by us with a lemon in its mouth. And they're, they're like huge, the lemons there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> right. It was one that fit like appropriately in the mouth. Yeah. But, but yeah, there are lemons everywhere. So every, you know, everything is lemon, this, lemon, that. And the dog walked by with a lemon in its mouth. And we jo- like, we just thought that was the cutest, funniest thing because we joke that Italians um, don't throw tennis balls to their dogs. They throw lemons. <laughs> so yeah. So I thought, you know, it, it clicked and I thought it, evokes the style of cooking so oh I love that and it's something you shared with your husband were there any recipes that didn't make the cut that you wish did well no there were that's that's funny because um no the ones that didn't make the cut were just the ones that needed to be cut (laughs) (laughs) there weren't like extra like oh these great ones like couldn't fit like it's a pretty big fat book and everything that like I thought was great (laughs) I fit in Mm -hmm. Um, but there yeah there were I don't know more than a handful where it's just not working out and the thing is making a book and testing over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. anything that I was like tired of eating or didn't want to eat again I think that was a good barometer for okay like this one maybe isn't so great Mm -hmm. because this doesn't get me excited. So well, you mentioned recipe testing. Liam was the youngest taste tester on your team. Tell us a little bit about Liam. That's my um, sister's baby. He's one and a half. And he loves avocado. He loves pesto. I have like creamy sweet corn pappardelle mm-hmm. pasta. Mm-hmm. He loves is this kid he loves food and he loves vegetables and he eats all these things I don't know what most kids eat but like he goes to town on all these vegetable recipes and they'll send me a picture because it'll be pesto night Mm -hmm. because he takes the pesto and puts it 
like rubs his hands in his head, his hair will be full of pesto <laughs> when it's pesto night or full of black beans when it's black bean night. No, so, that is so cute. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's Liam approved, stamped approved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is it that you want people to take away from your cookbook? Um, I just want it to be a really helpful resource in the kitchen. So um, you, as in addition to kind of, you know, creating recipes for every uh, category, for every type of meal, I really worked hard to kind of put in um, a lot of resourceful information along the way. So at the end of each chapter, there is kind of a section of, uh, like at the end of the salad chapter, there's this big grid of salad dressings that are all five ingredient, easy to put together salad dressings. And at the end of the vegetable chapter, there's um, how to make a versatile vegetable stock with vegetables you might have on hand. And those were things that I personally like wanted on my countertop at, so I could flip to when I'm cooking myself. So I thought, well, if this would be helpful to me, then it would be helpful to others. You did something unique with your uh, pre-planned, your special occasions menus. Now, you don't see that a lot. Like cookbooks can be a little fragmented, you know, everything categorized. But mm -hmm. what sparked this idea? Um, well, after the first book came out, I would see on Instagram and on social media, lots of people that had would do cookbook clubs and would be putting different dishes together. And that just sort of inspired me to put some things I think go together that will give those types of people a head start. Yeah, I love it. I see like spring soiree, Sunday brunch, fall harvest. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably pretty much based on things that I like people tag me on their group um, mm -hmm. meals. And th so I thought, oh, like these are the kinds of groups that I see cooking together or cooking recipes from the same cookbook together. Great idea. I mean, what what's your favorite special uh, occasions menu? The cookbook club, you know, where everybody makes something and brings something. Mm -hmm. and with that one, I just try to pick my favorites. <laughs> so I like that one. And I, I really like the uh, girls night idea. I like to be invited to that girl's night. I know I was looking at that. <laughs> the almond cheese with herb de Provence. Oh my God. Okay. I can't. Yeah, I'm drooling. It it's like, it's, it's a cheese ball, but it doesn't have cheese. It tastes really good. But then I also loved kind of creating the love and lemons date night one where I just put together all the lemon, every recipe that has lemons in it. Do you have a signature recipe that you would like to share with us? Why do I always fall back on so many things? Well, the cauliflower steak, the one that's on the cover so what I love about that recipe is that the, there's like a puree underneath and that uses also like the cores of the cauliflower. So if you have a cauliflower and you cut four slabs from the middle to make the steaks, there are all these other pieces that fall off, mm -hmm. the florets that didn't steak well, and then like the core part of it that's left over, it all goes in the blender with uh, lemon and miso and it becomes this puree that goes underneath the cauliflower steak. And I really love that one because it just, it uses the whole vegetable, which is something I'm excited about doing because I think a lot of the time people throw away the core of the cauliflower or the mm. stems of the broccoli. And you do that a lot throughout the book. Yeah, I think, well, why throw those parts away? They're perfectly edible. So I, um, yeah, there's like a broccoli rice that uses the whole uh, broccoli and stock and all. and um, is like a really yummy green cilantro flecked rice that uses the whole broccoli. Okay, rapid fire. Favorite ingredient to cook with? Uh, lemons. 
Who's your favorite chef? Um, I love, uh, here in Chicago, I love Stephanie Izzard. She has um, rest, her main restaurant is called Girl and Goat. She cooks with a lot of really local seasonal vegetables and things you wouldn't think of. I've cooked from her cookbook and there are ideas like grilled potato salad with grilled blueberries. Mm. And I think that's like, like, I thought, oh, how does that go together? But the way she puts together ingredients is just like, oh, that does go together. Would you rather eat food with a knife and fork or your hands? Yeah, I guess it depends on the what I'm eating. But I am kind of a germaphobe, so I'm going to go with most of the time knife, knife and, and fork. fork. Yeah. Unless I've had the chance, you know, I, unless I've had the chance to wash my I'm with you on that. <laughs> You've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen and you can only take one item with you. What would it be and why? Uh, a, good, a good knife, because I think that's just the basic of what you need to make anything is a good chef's knife. Now, I know you said that you're silent in the kitchen, but are there any curse words that are your favorite curse words to use in the kitchen? Uh, every, well, I'll, I'll throw out an F-bomb every now and then. When, <laughs> mostly when my, not so much when I'm cooking and having my meditative time, but when we're photographing and I'm like styling the food and it's wilting or it's not working out. Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Um, I like to think I bring back like on like less popular produce. Like I, for example, I really love fennel. I posted about fennel a few like last summer and I was surprised to hear back how many people didn't know how to use it or didn't know how to buy it or how to cut it or what to do with it. Oh, see, I grew up on that. Yeah, I love, well, you can roast it, you can slice it really paper thin and toss it into salads. And Being Italian, uh, it was always on our uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day table as part of our fruit platter. So to me, I find that hard to believe, but I guess you're right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think, well, I think like there was a time when like the cauliflower wasn't popular and not then mm -hmm. cauliflower was everywhere and kale wasn't popular and kale was everywhere. So I, yeah, I had... <laughs> cool. I'm just going to show everybody how to use fennel and it's so delicious. I ask all my guests uh, if they wouldn't mind sharing a little kitchen confession with me. <laughs> okay. So my kitchen confession is that we have kitchen fires probably way too often. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's all been okay all the time, but like, <laughs> it's something that you think like if you cook a lot, you're beyond like, oh, that there are flames in the oven. Um, I mean, and, can, and all the recipes are safe to make. It was just silly errors on my part. I think it was the second week that we started the blog or we hadn't started yet or we were just trying to work out how are we gonna like how are we gonna do this photography and how we whatever. Mm. Um, and I had I had non bread in the under the broiler and our broiler is pretty fiery and I forgot about it and I came over and I looked in the oven and like literal flames. Mm -hmm. We were like, what do we do? I mean, there are like, you open it up and it's like, oh, oh crap, like close the oven door. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? like, how are we going to get this out? You can't, we, you know, we turned it off, but it's flaming and it was flaming more. And then we realized that we didn't have a fire extinguisher. And thought, so this is my kitchen tip. Make sure you have a fire extinguisher because you never know when something is going to kind of start flaming. And my dad had, we had moved in kind of recently and my dad had said, oh, make sure you get a fire extinguisher for the kitchen. Make sure you, and we didn't. And then of course, I'm just sitting here like, oh my God, what do we do? This is on fire. How are we going to get this out? 
And I was thinking, oh, my dad was right. We just <laughs> went around to getting fire extinguisher. Yeah. Um, I mean, we ended up like Jack opened it really quick and like walked it carefully, like kind of walked it carefully out the back door and, mm-hmm. and put it out. But I was imagining like this flames going, I'm like, are they going to catch on the cabinetry? Is it going to like spread? Yeah. So yeah. that was the, that was like the beginning of our blog. We're like, great. We have like love and lemons and fires. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show and joining me. I had so much fun. Um, if our listeners want to reach out for more information from you, where can they find you? Where can they find your book? The book is everywhere that books are sold mm-hmm. in Canada and in the U.S. It's um, at Indigo, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, and and other bookstores. I am at Love and Lemons on Instagram. Uh, blog is loveandlemons.com. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.